Hello and welcome to the Greetings from Wherever podcast. This show is about artistic inspiration and the creative process. Thank you so much for tuning in. Big thank you to all the patrons who make this show possible. To learn how you can join and support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Music. Let's begin. Welcome to the show, Alex Alcocer. Thank you so much for joining me today. Great to be with you, Brian. And thank you for everyone who's listening. Yeah, man. Well, uh, this is this is a new show. Greetings from wherever, and really, we try to kind of get to the bottom of different types of creatives and how they create what they do, and um, kind of get into the process and the point of inspiration to the point of putting something out there into the world. Um, so it's it's a really fun kind of discussion. But um, yeah, I'm really glad to have you on today. You know, first, I kind of want to catch up with you and see what you've been up to during this quarantine to stay creative, keep that creative part of yourself going and all that stuff. Like, how's that been? Well, I would like to say, in all honesty, it's been a very huge challenge. I'm sure. Um, there has been a constant outlet in my life in terms of performance. I've always, um, since I was even really young at probably about 10 or 11. I had played my first show at the white rabbit in Austin or not Austin, excuse me, in San Antonio, which is a cool club. It's now um, paper tiger. And I had been playing with my father at like various family gatherings. Basically, I just don't know what it's like in my living memory, not to be performing for people. And it, it's a real catharsis. I'm sure, you know, Brian and, um, it's something that I think is even imaginable for people who don't play music, how much energy we release when we play live. Obviously I still get it out trying to write a song practicing, but there's nothing like the reciprocation of people on the other end feeling it and your bandmates all going through it as a collective. And as you know, Austin is the live music capital and it was, you know, it's been my whole adult life that I play shows and, <laughs> Yeah, it's rough yeah. to just have that rug swept out from under you, um, not even just in a business sense or in a, you know, cultural sense of the music, just very personal to me. It's been rough. Yeah, man, I get that. Uh, so, I mean, I guess outside of that, because I can definitely relate to what you're saying. I mean, not performing is even it's like an insane thought, like since I mean, this is we when we were like a month into it that was the longest i'd gone without performing since i was like maybe 18 or something like that which is exactly, just yeah. insane to think about but now we're you know super far well, into it so it's i like, think we're junkies i think we're kind yes. of like adrenaline <laughs> emotional musical junkies and I, and when i say that it's also the the terms i've had to come with myself to our terms i've come with to myself you know like I'm going to be okay. This is, I'm, I'm healthy. You know, there's people out there not healthy right now. This is not a huge deal that, you know, I can't play live music. It's a huge deal that people are sick and dying. And obviously, you know, that's the foremost primary, you know, emotion that everyone is feeling. So yeah, as a musician and as an artist, it's a challenge to just, you know, channel those things in and you have to find new avenues because some of them just straight closed. Yeah. And it's interesting because I've definitely um, gotten into that thought before of like, 
well, should I be feeling badly about not being able to play like and how that affects me? Cause like, at least I'm not sick. At least I'm not dying. I'm healthy, all that stuff. But you know, it's interesting where I got to personally thinking about that is like, you can be both. I think you can feel very badly for people who are sick and also mm-hmm. realize that what you're going through sucks too. It's just a totally different thing. Like it's not, you don't like just because you feel a certain way about not being able to play and that whole part of you being taken away doesn't mean that you're not empathetic to other people. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, I think it's okay to be both, you know, and I think that's, you know, a healthy thing. Um, so I guess certainly, yeah. So I guess, um, you know, obviously we have that big part of us missing, but you know, you've mentioned that you've been doing some stuff to, to stay busy creatively, uh, have you been like writing new songs? Like what's, what's that been like? Well, I, have, I suppose we're at about seven and a half ish months or something now. Right. So it's been a progression. I mean, at first, excuse me, at first I had a lot of, you know, things kind of on the back burner and songs that I could just like be like, Oh, I've been meaning to work on this. You know, at first when you get that free time, I think almost everyone had an ideal, like tight agenda, this is what I'm going to do. And then, yeah, all those emotions start pouring in and all the time starts to get more scary. And then, I mean, it's just, for me, that's how it went at first. I had a bunch of songs. I was like, cool. I need to finish these songs. I need to work on them. Then I had like some songs to me that were uh, very much about the experience that were fresh into that, you know, um, probably March and April time. And then after, you know, it'd gone around maybe July, I was releasing um, a solo EP like that had been basically what I was saying. I had things already like, oh, cool. If I had the time, I would do this. And then after I had finished those songs and uh, realized I wasn't able to practice as a group with Los Alcos as I was doing so much before, that's kind of when I hit the wall. And when I hit the wall of like, when I say that, I just mean like, I didn't make anything new. I just practiced every day for a while, you know? Yeah. Cause I still couldn't do it. And then even then I start to fall out of that, but it's not like the worst thing instead of practicing. Maybe I was like reading books or doing something that was just different than I had always been doing. Cause the monotony just sets in, even if it's something you love so much, like playing guitar or, or bongos or, or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. So I guess, like what, why do you do it? Like what, what makes you come back to this? Cause you know, I, there's like a lot of reasons why people do anything. Like a lot of people do things for money or for, you know, certain things like, but what brings you back to songwriting? Like it's, it's, you know, often thankless thing to do, you know, it's like, you know, what, what makes you love it? Like I do, like what, what brings you back every time? Um, most, I think that is also a thing for me that's in a, a chronological answer. I, when I really started getting into songwriting, I felt like it was just like a door I had opened in my heart. And, and uh, you know, that's that sounds cheesy, but I, I, I don't care. That's probably the best way to say it. It was just yeah. a new language for me to speak and a new outlet because I had played drums and I had co- collaborated with people and I had known music, but songwriting itself it really is like a little piece of your imagination that you, you get out through uh, melodies and, and what have you. So for me, it was a lot of just release at first, but then I found the, a really cool 
feeling of being able to like meld and make it a puzzle that has open space for other people to fill in. And I think that's what really Los Alcos is a realization of, and not just how, um, you know, I'm playing with people who I played music with for my whole life. It really is like me figuring out as a songwriter, like where to pull back a lot and just let someone else take the lead and um, how to just be more selfless. And we have, you know, even songs that, other people have written all of the music and then, uh, you know, everything too, where I'm basically a, just a, you know, secondary writer, but things slow down, you know, the pandemic happened and those, those things are hard to do with zoom and, and all sending each other in, in garage, man, there's a lot of magic in just the room. Yeah. And, um, I'm lucky, you know, I've lived, uh, throughout this thing for most of the part with my family, which, you know, I know a lot of people have similar experiences, you know, of getting, okay, you know, losing a place or just for expense reasons, you could see the the wave of, you know, oh shit coming. And I, you know, I lived with my family and my, my father and I were playing music together. And so I didn't, it's not like I ever fully have had it taken as even as dramatic as I might have sounded earlier, like, oh man. Yeah, no. Um, there's been worse things that have happened, uh, not just to me this year, but to all of us. So it, just keeping that perspective and also just knowing that nothing can take this. Like, that's why another reason why I keep coming back, right? Nothing, like, this has proven that. Oops, except for a bad chord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bad chords will do it every time. But <laughs> one thing you mentioned your dad and, um, I know you grew up here in Texas, um, in San Antonio, I believe. Um, yes. San Antonio and Austin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, it's just so interesting to me because I think of like my parents and neither of them play music. I mean, they love it. My dad showed Mm -hmm. me all the cool old records that I listen to, to this day, like the who and Zeppelin and, you know, all the classics, you know, all that stuff that I, I still love, you know, um, but he's not a musician, but he's always been very supportive. But I just wonder what that's like growing up in a household that is so musical. And, you know, it seems like, you know, it's resulted in you being this well-rounded musician that knows a lot of instruments. And it seems like you like a lot of different kinds of styles. Like, what was that like growing up in that sort of environment? Um, I think it, it was a, a true true blessing for me to, like I was saying, uh, at first it's just on the surface like oh cool you know that's the music house we play music there that's like where the band practiced when i was like you know teen tweens and even beyond my dad was also doing that so i witnessed adults doing it i would jam with them um and it really is kind of just you know like i don't know going to school for it i guess and in the really coolest way and my parents never forced me to do it i really naturally gravitated right towards it and um it i i'm really I'm really thankful for it. I mean, I don't know if I can really describe that experience. It's kind of a, it's kind of everything in, in terms of how this band is. That's why this, the song and, and the rest of the songs we have, I don't hesitate to say feels like my life's work because it's my dad and I, he really uh, took me on and, and, as a musician, he, he gave me lessons with drums. He invested in lessons with incredible 
an incredible drum teacher, Nick Marcy. And uh, I learned to read music and I was a 12 or 13 at that point. And um, not, I could only read rhythms to be, um, you know, clear, which is definitely easier, but still it's, it's a lot of things that I've, I sometimes forget that I basically have formal training for a long time yeah, and as informal training as you get to the, the streets of Austin and, and San <laughs> yeah, Antonio. Yeah. Um, so, you know, from playing at red eyed fly when I was like 16 and it Dude. being like, honestly, like shitty, but like so awesome. And, <laughs> and then like, you know, yeah. even packing it out and thinking you're so cool. And then to like, you know, uh, playing stubs, uh, I played stubs with mountebank and, and I, I still feel just like, that's just so incredible. They're right across the street from each other, you know, yeah. AKA sidewinder, if you don't know. And it's one of those things where, you know, it's just funny to me that I feel like I had so many great times on those streets and in those places. And I also was on the other side of it too. I was performing and giving other people, you know, that energy the best way I can to have a good time as well. It's, it's definitely, uh, I guess that's another way I'm coping. Just looking back on those memories fondly, like, man, I didn't know how good we had it. Oh, totally, man. And you know, the thought of the other thing that keeps me going is the thought of it coming back, you know, and like whatever form that looks like, I think the level of music that's going to come from this is going to be glorious. And that feeling of everybody when it is safe and everybody does, want to go out to shows again i think there's going to be a moment where it's just like that thing that we've all missed so much is going to be just such a huge and wonderful experience to get again you know together as a as a community not only as a performer but just as being in the crowd just going to listen to bands and and yeah. feeling that thing again like it's it's just you know you 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 can't do it through a live stream it's just not it's not possible there's just this extra thing that happens in a live show when there's a crowd and it's hot and sweaty in the room and like it's just ugh, there's just something that's missing now that like that moment of finally getting that back is going to be amazing and to hear what people have been working on with all this time you know i know i i think everybody sort of feels differently about creating now or like is having different levels of productivity creating and i think it's okay either way like it's totally understandable if somebody is having a hard time making things right now but it's certainly certainly yeah and i think as you're saying that really glimmering hope of when it's going to happen again is so awesome and and i'm personally like i just want to see it like you know that might sound dumb but it, it's such a crazy time right now. We, who knows how much longer it is till it's going to be safe. No, I don't, I'll safely put my bets that not really anyone else in Austin, or maybe even there's very few regionally nationally bands that have 68 year olds and then like 20 year olds. Like, yeah, you no, know, like my dad is, is really stretching that. And also he's vulnerable. So yeah. like that's, that's the way I look at it is, you know, I'm patient. I'll take my time. I can't roll the dice the same way other people are willing to, you know, this isn't, this is a unique situation and that's what I love about it. That's what is understandable as well. Like, you know, and that's the other reason why I felt we had to release Duende because 
it was just that timing. It was Dia de los Muertos and Halloween. As I was saying, there's been pain and, and suffering in my family. Um, and the song is about spirituality and my belief in that and the healing of music. Um, and I was just, I, I felt like I had to release it, you know? Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah, man. And it's uh, a risk. It was, it, it is weird to release music right now, but um, I don't know. I've had some people say that to me. I've had other people be like, you really should do it. Cause yeah, we really want music and those other reasons. And you know, yeah. It, well, it's interesting. Cause I mean, I think if somebody's looking at it from a music business pr- perspective, they would say, wait until you can, you know, play a live show or go on tour and all that stuff. But there's the other human aspect of like, let's have music right now. Like we need that, you know? And I think, mm-hmm. I think both make sense, you know, but it's, it's awesome. And just know that like, I appreciate anyone like yourself putting out music right now, even though that payoff of like playing a single release show and all that kind of stuff isn't part of the equation right now. Like it's still, it's just, just know that like, it's so appreciated. Um, do you plan on putting out more music during this time? Or are you going to wait it out or like what's, what's your, what's your thought process there? Um, my thought process there is, who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man. I, I mean, Same. You know, when this releases, the the timing will be different. But I mean, we know there's just a lot in the air right now in this current current moment. So we'll have to see. I mean, like I said, I felt super obliged in a way to to do this one. And to be honest, I'm also a bit of an impulsive person. And we had the recording ready, and I was just like it's been eight months well we've just been you know held down let's rise let's do this it's it's me i'm the guy with the big red button who can press this yeah let's do it and everyone else was like yeah and i was like okay cool team and well, that's great yeah and we're here and we have more we do um but my answer to that is i'm just going to be really really patient and, and analyze the time and i love this single enough to just be like, Hey, check it out. I know that maybe you want another song or whatever. (laughs) That's what we got for now. Yeah. I mean, let this song kind of do its thing. I don't know. It's, there's something to be said for that, you know, letting it be its own thing for a while before you put out anything else. Like that's a, that's a strategy in itself. Um, one thing, cause we'll, we'll do a deep dive. We'll talk about Duende. I really love that song. I'm really excited to kind of talk more about that, but I finish every show with kind of a deep dive into like one piece of art an artist has come out with. Uh, so we'll definitely get into that. But before we do, the last thing I want to ask you is something I ask all the guests because it's kind of fun to put yourself in just sort of different shoes. If if there was another art form that you could be successful in, what would it be outside of music? I was hitting the bong. Sorry. All uh, good, man. <laughs> Do your thing. <laughs> I'm going to think about That's a really great question. So I want to think about it for a second. Yeah. Yeah, I I honestly think, especially if I go back into my younger memory, I think I'd want to be an actor. And I think that's something that's honest uh, in the way that people, you know, spend a lot of time watching screen on screen time these days. Everyone, you could say a few actors and everyone knows who that is. 
Um, but it's a very emotional and very uh, strange sometimes. It's just a broad, broad art form in a way that I, um, and it's on cue with me smoking, right? And then as I've even, I did try to do some things when I was really young, but I, even before I was smoking, I just couldn't remember, memorize lines. Like that's the part that I'm like, oh man. Yeah. Like how do did they memorize it? seven hours of lines? Like I could definitely get into that vibe of acting like a character and doing that. But that part is. Do you, do you find it hard to remember lyrics or is that different uh, yeah, I mean, somehow? Okay. I stumbled upon <laughs> on reciting my own yeah, lyrics true. from this. Well, but dude, not, that's, not, that's uh, when I'm more singing. natural than you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not when I'm singing though. Actually, that, and that's something that I've been in a few bands where, where my singer and the, that those bands did that it's just hard it, it it really it hurts when you're expecting it and maybe i'm just going on cues too hard as you know it being in those bands where i had the space where i could like play and i'm just waiting to hear the right syllables by my singer to know i'm going to switch and then they blank out and then i'm like <laughs> oh wow like are we playing yeah. for because oh. <laughs> i was really banking on just hearing like the word clear that's yeah. that was like my cue which is almost kind of funny it's almost like an actor thing too or you're just like waiting for your cue on a word uh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny man i i definitely have that happen plenty i think probably all of us that sing in any sort of band too where it's just like there's those moments when you're just in front of people and they're all looking at you and like you're singing a song and it's just like freeze oh, i don't i don't remember this song at all like i don't remember any part of the song <laughs> Like, I don't know if that's happened to you, but it's definitely happened to me. And like, yeah, it's like in those moments, it's like, I just kind of grasp for like what I can remember about it. Like if it's like, I can remember parts of the first, the second verse, <laughs> I'll just sing that twice, you know, or whatever, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a crazy thing. And I, I'm glad uh, to not have other people in the band counting on me saying certain words because sometimes they're just going to be different one night and it's not because i'm like <laughs> i'm gonna try to sell it to you like like yeah like i'm i'm just feeling a different line here i just wanted to repeat that verse but yeah i just i'm just human i don't know <laughs> certainly yeah that yeah. that is human and, and even you know the biggest <laughs> names have had teleprompters and things like that it's totally it totally happens and it could be for a mix of things. It could be like you said, you just freeze up from people looking at you. You couldn't be having one too many beers. You could just be like a stoner. Yeah. I mean, there's just, it could be anything, you know? Yeah. It could, it could literally be a fly that just like hopped on you. Like it, you're Mike Pence, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, with, the, with the beers, it's funny, man. And it's just like, you know, there's like a, there's like a couple beer, golden zone before i hit the stage where like i am just so much cooler i feel so much cooler on stage like i'm just chill like you know and see i used good. to do that but but yeah. now we're, we're crossing into why i stopped because when you're singing and when you're also doing the cues which i do in los Alcos, which aren't the words like they are random when we play shows they're random cues we don't do the songs all the time sometimes you know i'll sing like the verse and examples duende i'll sing it and then almost all the time it goes to you know my dad guitar solo but i could just call an audible like peyton manning we we like to to Dude. make those you know jokes all in the band it. and i could just point at a you know 
Wyatt and, and then Wyatt would just rip a, a mad solo. And we have that, uh, that those flex packages to go into. And, um, dude, that's I'm just these so fun. References. Yeah. It, I'll go, I'll go far with it. Well, dude, it's, it's funny. Cause I think there is an attitude. I'm a big, uh, football and baseball fan myself, uh, but it's teamwork. Yeah, it dude. Well, it's, it's also like, I feel like, uh, you know, there's a lot of musicians or creative types that I talk to that are like, Ugh, sports. And it's like, come on, man. It's cool too. You can like both things. <laughs> Ball is life. That's my statement on that. I'm a Hell huge yes. basketball fan and I'm from Spurs, San Antonio. Assuming, right? So yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and, uh, are you, are you a Knicks fan? I'm sorry. If so. Uh, no, I'm not really an NBA guy, to be honest with you. Okay, I, right. I like college basketball a little bit, but I'm more of baseball and, and football, but, uh, big, big Mets fan. It's, it's tough. Nice. <laughs> it's, nice. It's tough life, but you're, uh, you're dedicated. If you're more for the Mets than the Yankees and <laughs> dude, you know? yeah, it's been a, it's been a tough, tough go being a baseball fan, but you know, we, we get there, you know, we get through. They're going to win eventually in my lifetime, I think. But we'll see. <laughs> I heard a little bit of hope and a little bit of like preparedness as well in that. Uh, I mean, the last time they won was 86, which was before I was born. So I don't know. <laughs> Not sure. We'll see. It's like happens. a roll of the dice. Like, you know, every everybody eventually gets it. Uh, who, what was the city curse that? Oh, yeah. Because I'm a basketball fan. Cleveland, right? I mean, they were they were cursed pretty hard, right? People said they were cursed. Yeah. And they got the ship. So sure. it happens. Right. So. Yeah. We're not even at the curse level yet. I hope we don't. Have to get there. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know much about. Uh, Are we almost baseball. there? I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, there is a lot of, uh, at least in, I mean, it's whatever works. However, people want to say, if the people don't like, there's not maybe a congruence between musicians and athletes uh, as much, but, or even fans, but whatever it is that, that gets you, your analogy is going. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's people in the band and are, you know, seven people band that aren't big sports fans, but you know, there's a couple that have, uh, definitely been there, um, yeah. into like, sports. My dad is, is into sports. He got me into sports and in, in all terms, he's been our coach and now he's our coach player. It's pretty cool. Nice. That's awesome, man. Um, uh, well, cool, man. I would love to talk about Duende. I think it's a great song. I think, um, you know, it just seems like with a lot of your stuff and, and especially this song, like that rhythm is what really pops at, you know, when it, you first hit it, hear it, it's just like, oh man, it's, it's like, the, it's kind of like a, it just makes you want to party, you know, makes you want, you know, <laughs> yeah. makes you want to feel good and party and that stuff. Um, so I guess, you know, what's, because I think there's a lot said for how a song starts and how it comes at you um, to begin. So I guess, was that like super intentional to like hit it with that beat pretty hard? Is that something you try to do in most of your music? You know, what? what's the thought I, behind that? I think that's, first of all, a great question. And uh, it goes back to kind of what we spoke about before where we were hitting those collaborative uh, puzzle pieces really well because that was um, the, the song starts in the first second is just our, our drummer Chris Copeland hitting a really awesome fill and then we go right into the you know a unis the unison you know kind of cumbia psychedelic rhythm um, but when we played it live a bunch of times usually I just start I would give everyone the count we'd all start together but we were in the studio and 
you just have to like let you know let what happens in the studio happen sometimes and uh chris was just kind of messing around and i think we i'm pretty sure that's how we decided to do it it was like just like that you know we were with with chris and it was just uh just my dad lopez on bass chris just getting a foundation tracks recorded with our uh our engineer also just a badass in town mikey uh mikey mocking this um and yeah i just loved the sound of it he was doing it and in that way it was intentional as in you have to just let somebody else take a lead and especially as a drummer i know this as being a drummer um you can you can take a lead but sometimes you really got to just get that clearance and and we have that feeling as a band where if chris makes a super awesome idea i'm i can't totally speak for him but i'm pretty sure that he has no hesitation to be like hey let's start let me start the song let me do this yeah and then we're like ooh yeah do that and well, it's almost always like 100% of the time when you start to get the everyone feeling good it's almost always hundred percent of the time where it's just like, I just made that description. Like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, man. It, it feels good when that rhythm hits and like, you know, everybody kind of comes in. It, it's just, it's a, it's a good feeling. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I know you guys kind of are sort of like a jam band. I listened to the Austin uncharted, uh, video and it, you know, it's got some, it's got a lot of kind of just different parts. It, you know, it feels somewhat, improvised maybe it's not but it feels like it you know it is at times but you mentioned there there are cues how do you capture like a jam band that jam kind of vibe in a studio how do you decide because like a jam for somebody who doesn't isn't familiar with like jam music it's kind of it can be you know the drummer you know is highlighted for a while and then you know the song starts and you know you get the verse and chorus and then it's just a guitar solo and then you know who knows how long that's gonna go it changes every night kind of thing like it's interesting how that happens but i guess like you know with that sort of jam band like letting the songs breathe live how do you kind of make them more concise for a recording like like this one um first of all i think in it's a lot of weight apparently or not apparently it's a lot of like weight and decision-making that I put myself in charge of not to say that I'm, you know, any better than anyone else, but just that, like I was saying, uh, that everyone will look at me for a cue. And in that same way, it's not as if I'm saying I'm the only one authorized to do a cue. It's just known that I'm do it. I will do it. And my, there's people like my dad and, especially really my dad who also mess around and do it, but it's all just very, very much in the moment, kind of the thing that um, there's always a plan a, which is basically in my mind when, if it's a song as for example, Duende, which uh, kind of started as a solo song or in that way that I just was playing it on guitar and singing it. That's the beginnings of it. Um, I can kind of, you know, have a concrete thing where I'm like, Hey, here's the verse. Here's where, you know, the singing happens. And then plan A as is, you know, we're going to record as always my dad to do guitar solo and 90% of the time in a, a thing like that, we'll do plan A, but there's always just these spider web type uh, ways we could go from 
you know, that plan a where, especially if it's an instrumental area where someone's just like shredding as example, my dad is, I'll do something very simple. It's just like stare at him. And that makes everyone else be like, okay, yeah, we're looking at him. Wow. He's shredding. And then if I want either I go to the microphone, which is a very clear, okay, next part thing, or I could just walk over point at uh, example, like Lopez. And then he knows. And even at that point, it can kind of be like, Oh damn, you just did me like that. Like you're just, yeah. That's funny. But for example, with, with Lopez, who is, definitely always ready to do it, but, uh, you know, it's happened before Yeah, <laughs> where, no doubt. where, where, um, you know, that, that's just a, a kind of crazy freedom and, and, uh, just way to pass around the ball to keep around that analogy that we have <laughs> unlocked as a band. Cause we're willing to, we're totally willing to, and I'm just the quarterback that doesn't make me any special just cause like I might be making a lot of those initial throws you know I yeah, give what's, it, a, what's a quarterback without his line and like exactly receivers that can catch you know come on man uh totally um yeah man uh so i guess you know thinking about this song did you think of like first of all like what what is the overall concept i know you release this on dia de los muertos um mm-hmm does this have to do with that day? What, what, what does that day mean to you? Like kind of tell me about that. Well, specifically Duende is like a little, like a goblin esque, like a little magical creature, a tiny magical creature basically. And uh, as well as I already like expressed the lyrics earlier or verbalized the lyrics earlier, terribly (laughs) Um, (laughs) the way I, you know, imagined it and showed it in my mind writing those words was like a female, tiny fairy goblin, whatever leprechaun there. There's so all these different names for it, but I think that, you know, Duende and then the vibe of the song should kind of get that or not should, but that's what I was imagining. And uh, yeah, I had to definitely, really just let this one flow out of me in terms of, you know, at first it was a solo song and just something that I got to in a comfortable space writing, you know, when I was really in a good flow at my, my place in Austin. And um, then I really took that step back. And as I was saying, let other people take ownership of the song as well with uh, everyone in the band, you know, so it's, um, it's definitely a progression. I mean, you can even listen to the solo version that I put out in uh, March of 2018 and, and then this one, and they're the same, but very different. Yeah, that's cool. And like, it's funny you say it's, it's a goblin. I mean, I mean, I guess is that what Duende means that word? I, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. that's, there's a, that's a rough, roughest translation. I mean, yeah. but it, in the that's terms cool. of, as I was saying, I just wanted it to, to, you know, be magical and, you know, I could have named yeah. it something like Bruja or, you know, which means witch or yeah, any other different things, but it just really resounded with me that one, because in my life, especially like I was saying in feminine, uh, you know, magic, it's a lot of tiny, you know, Chicana women, women. So, uh, that's my family. <laughs> I have a huge family and yeah. I, I, I know I've witnessed that. That's the, the truest inspiration in that, in that way. And also in the way that I just let this come out of me, this song was, uh, 
not one that I've, when it first came out, at least solo, I mean, obviously there's that time I put in with everyone else to work on it. Um, but it's one that just really came out in the right setting for me. Yeah. That's cool. And I, I was like really excited right from the very get go when I was playing it. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, you know, just mentioning the goblin thing I was, it's, you know, music is definitely paints a picture in my mind and stuff, especially this song. I'm imagining a sexy witch actually (laughs) (laughs) what I'm imagining just kind of like a, almost like a Stevie Nicks type or something like that. You know, it's funny thinking about the lyrics and stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's the, uh, you know, she spoke soft spells thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's cool, man. I think, but that's, that's, and that's really the interesting thing. And you, you touched on this earlier about, you know, letting people kind of, you know, take the puzzle for what it is, you know, letting them figure out what it is as opposed to telling them what it is, you know. And there's no wrong answer. It's right. just your interpretation. And that's, I, that's a beautiful, beautiful aspect of art and music, which we're I've, speaking about. You know? I've certainly learned that. It's like if someone comes up to you and says, I love your song about blah, 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 and it's totally not about that. <laughs> it's like the best thing you could say is just like, hey, thank you. Like, you know, like, for sure, for sure. As opposed to like, what? You got it wrong. Like, you know, who cares? I try to be like, was that the third song or the second song? Sometimes, yeah. and I'm really interested. And, yeah. and I like that. You're, it's, it's sharing. You're, and that's the human experience of it. That's why the live shows are so beautiful. And that's why collaborating with other musicians is so beautiful. We're no longer, you know, are, are we're really finding a community and we're also using skills and we're expressing ourselves and we love it. And there's almost not always even a clear answer why we love it as much as we do. Yeah. We just do. It's true. Yeah, that's very true. So, clearly this song has a very like latinx flavor to it like there's just there's just that thing that's just like you hear it and you're like okay like that's what's happening with this song how do you define that because like i can hear it and i know what it is every time i hear it you know hear a santana song or whatever it is you know i know that that's that's what that vibe is but what are the parts of that what builds that sound to you Certainly it starts with just like how this song starts. It's, it's very rhythmic. It's very centered around those rhythms and they are expressed in so many different cultures. Um, and they're always just like you said, the, the ones that get your blood running, your hips flowing, you want to party. And even if, you know, whatever that the connotation of partying means to you, you know, it's just a fun, positive vibe. And as I said, the song is still talking about ghosts. It's slightly about death, but it's a celebration of life. And that is entwined with death. So, you know, especially in a year like 2020, you you have to find the reasons to smile and cry at the same time. It's not a, it's not, you're not insane for doing both. You're not. And uh, I certainly feel really strong feelings, not just playing music, but listening to them as you've talked about being on any side of this whole 360 that you can be on. I mean, I've been really almost intentional about that, uh, at least lately when I've been listening to music to just be like, you know, I might listen to this song three times in a row. I remember, um, how I felt, uh, for example, I was watching the YouTube 
just some YouTube performance. I think it was the YouTube of Radiohead, and I was at that show at, in Austin, and they're they're playing. Um, Dude, I watched that too. That. The ACO live stream thing. Yeah, I don't, I did not get as much much of it as I wanted, but I could watch. I watched it, and I was like, okay, I want to just like listen to that song over and over, and like it was. I think it was a. Uh, I think it was House of Cards. I might oh my be. God. I yeah. might. It was definitely Beautiful in song. rainbows. It was definitely in an in rainbows yeah. song. But I know how to play it on guitar as well, and and I've sung it. But just when you know a song that well, and you can go back in your memory, and you're like, okay, I, like I remember being there and watching this. Like this is the substitute right now for me performing a show. Being there is just go like using this whole channel of my brain to be like here now, here back then, like let yourself be moved. I, I, I might have a little tear go. And then I'm like, yeah, let that tear go. And oh, totally man. Cry. But that's not, um, that's not something that I, I mean, I've, I've definitely felt very strong feelings from music a lot, but I'm not even saying like I force myself to, to do that, but I'm just saying it's always there. I've always felt that much. And, uh, music is, is just a really, at least for me, healthy way for me to feel a lot of things and to, be okay. Sometimes I'm angry. Sometimes I'm listening to Rage Against Machine over and over and over at full volume. And I'm just got my fist clench and I'm like, yeah, dude. And, and it's all good after that. And yeah, sometimes I just listen to uh, a synth loop or, or something that's just super soothing. It's just nothing but like a little, it's not I like place. I have like some PlayStation loops yeah well i mean you mentioned house of cards too that's like very much the opposite of it's a very soothing rhythm and like just feels good it feels relaxing you know to listen to that song um so totally yeah being all over the place and being uh just multi-faceted in what you listen to and how you write and stuff that's really cool um i think it might have been all i need now that i'm okay deeper but it's definitely still a very similar vibe yeah, and honestly, they might have played both songs. That's also just how kind of poor and also intense a memory can be at the same time. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if it was exactly that song or that one. <laughs> All good, but man. it's not always like you see. That's what's cool about memory too. And I'm trying to be more at least honest with myself because you know I'm, I also like to smoke weed and I drink and I'm not like heavily into these things. But I've already realized they take their toll on on memory you know at least short term sometimes especially yeah. but you know i was gonna make a joke and say i forgot what i was talking about <laughs> <laughs> but then i really forgot <laughs> yeah see that's that's the trouble with jokes man you know turn into turn into what's really happening <laughs> well you know kind of I'll move on to the next question I have about this song. Um, so yeah, it's interesting because there, there aren't a lot of lyrics in this song. I mean, the words that are there are very powerful and they paint this picture and all that stuff. You know, it's funny. Cause like, I think I used to write a lot less words in songs, but now I've went the other way where I'm writing a lot more words in songs and being very intentional about making sure I'm really, you know, painting a whole picture with words and stuff. But I've definitely been in both schools of thought. Like, I guess, what was your approach with thinking about that? Like, how many words does this song need to really paint the picture? Like, you know, where 
you know how you know how much should the song how much of the song should be dedicated to just being instrumental to paint the picture that way like what do you you know how do you sort through that i've spent countless hours on that kind of process before and 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 being judgmental of myself and extending songs or decreasing them but i this one like i i kind of previously mentioned honestly really was just a happen or happening it just I was in, you know, my little studio setting. I had all everything right. And I was like, cool. I feel like I'm going to write a song right now. I'm just going to open an empty project. And it's not like, you know, some of the melodies had been bouncing in my head. I'd played with some of these notes before, but as you know, you know, I'm a musician and everyone knows that's just like, you know, I guess a painting with the color blue, if you want to make a blue painting that day, you know, like I was like, Oh, cool. This is just how I feel. I remember I got some of these things in my toolbox that are unused. And as soon as I put it together, I just, it felt like I had used that, you know, long amount of experience to just trust myself right there and be like, okay, that's it. That's the song. Like, no, no, cool. no, don't, don't mess around with it too much. Like you did it. You trust yourself and go with that. And, yeah. and I just uh, kept on, going in and being like, okay, cool. I mean, um, it's very, like I said, rhythmic, rhythmic centered on a unison kind of cumbia kind of upbeat feel. So I just kept going with that. And then, as I said earlier, I opened up as many avenues as I could to all my band members cool. to be like, Hey, let's, let's jam this. Let's do it. Um, you know, here's an idea for this part. It might be very exact. I might just tell you to do this you know, there'll be space later. Yeah. Let's just, let's jam, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, I, I noticed there is a lot of, you know, a lot of instrumentation going on on this track and I think it pretty much represents what you have going in, in Los Alcos, um, from the video that I saw. Was everybody in the band on this track or did you record different parts yourself? Like how did how did you yes, do that? Yes okay. and yes. Okay. So exactly that uh, instrumentation that you see on Austin Uncharted for us, um, that's everybody on this recording. It's seven people. So it's definitely a larger ensemble compared to maybe the average band, probably still on par with the average, you know, Latin band. But I would certainly... Uh, I would like to to shout out everyone in the band. Certainly, you know that. It, um, besides my dad, who I've mentioned a lot, Dave, Dave Alco, um, Alex Lopez on bass, Chris Copeland on drums, Vanessa Burden on vocals, um, and also fun hand rhythms all the time, like maracas, tambourine, Ernie Luna on all other hand percussion, bongos chimes just cool stuff that you hear claves um and white quarter on trumpet and who am i forgetting i guess myself that's it yeah cool man that's us and yeah it's it's definitely been a like i i mean there's that's a lot of room you have to make for everybody to shine i mean and and there's times where some songs are more of a a feature 
And as I was saying, some of these songs started just as a solo song by me. And then I was able to subtract what I was doing and make that space. And there's some instruments that I'm playing that are like, even, you know, I guess really the synth would be the one that I play. That's kind of like, you might not even know it's synth. Sometimes it might sound like an affected guitar or whatever. There's layers and like little details like that, that are very minimal. And I mean for them to be minimal that I'll kind of put on top, but almost all the time, as you were saying in that YouTube and just in a live setting, that would be the most uh, clear explanation of how it goes down because I move around on instruments. We switch the leads. There's something, some things that are super clear, like you're hearing a trumpet, it's Wyatt quarter, you know, that's, that's the trumpet Wyatt who, um, you know, he's in on, almost all of our songs recording wise, but just cause he's such an awesome guy on big wise brass man and many other things he plays with. He's not always on all our shows, which, you know, doesn't give him any less mention. I didn't you know, mean to subtract him, but <laughs> yeah, you just have to be flexible too. And just how um, you have an ensemble of seven people, eight people. For sure, man. And I think that's a, you know, really important point that you hit about, leaving space because I think that's actually a recurring thing that keeps coming up. It came up um, with the last interview that I did with, with uh, some comedians, Becky Jo Neal and Kim Stacy. They talked oh, about man, that's how, awesome. Did do you know them? Have you been on I, their show? I, I, I've, I think I've heard of them, but honestly why I thought that was awesome. Cause what I thought of initially was, was your uh, interview with ish where like just thinking about space and his images and how oh, yeah. amazing, like, he uses space and then you said a completely different art form, which you're also having on your show, which is, oh, that's so cool. Dude. Yeah. It's, it's wild how, how a lot of it is connected, you know, um, in different ways, but you know, with comedy, they talked about how they do this show called comedians interviewing musicians. And so Becky Joe will like, or, or Kim will be playing this just crazy. Oh yeah. Insane. I was on that show. Okay. Becky cool. Was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah they, so so Kim will like often bring out these crazy characters, like something out of Saturday Night Live or something. It's just like, just nuts, like just absolutely out of out of this world. But then, you know, what makes it work and what makes it funny is that they're not both doing it at the same time. It's like somebody needs to be giving that space to the other person. So I, I think that's, you know, it's kind of like your band. And we actually made this point while we were talking about comedy. It's like, you know, especially with seven people, like it's, you can't all be doing the most at all times, or it would just sound like a mess. And I wouldn't want to listen to it, you know, but like, it's that space that really, uh, really gives it what it needs to succeed. Definitely. And, uh, and like I said, I don't, um, and I even mentioned to take this analogy as far as I can and, and to give my dad the, the little bit of, uh, cause I don't even like this team, but I'm still going to reference them. Um, my dad is a huge Belichick head. Oh God. Loves the Patriots. Oh, when I know they're that? not even the same team anymore. I know. Dude, I know. See, I I'm going to cut hate. this out. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them too. So let it Dude. be known. I don't even like this reference, but my dad really wants to be like, and really is in that way. Like our, our Belichick. And he, he wants me to be the Tom Brady that he, he crafted And that's like, you know, the Palpatine, Darth Vader, (laughs) like duo that we have. And it doesn't discredit anyone else in the band, but it is that thing where it's like, okay, you know, I've been playing with all y'all a long time, but this dude and I, 
you can't you can't get on that level of experience and like i can't like i said i would put that against most other people's experience i'm 29 years old and i've been playing with him for i mean what is it 25 years or whatever that's crazy yeah, that's crazy yeah there's there's like not you know there's no way to really replace that kind of time and that connection you know that's insane but um yeah well i think that wraps it up my questions i i really appreciate you joining me today uh thank you so much for putting your art out into the world and uh and putting this song on it's really great and thank you again appreciate for joining it. me for sure and uh yeah it's a it's a group effort as i've been saying i'm really really lucky and blessed to have my family support me so much that they're not just rooting for me i mean they're on the team they're 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 there and um it's only uh something that i i can encourage and whatever that word means to your family like uh, i i want i think we all could do a lot better if we just find those positive relationships and keep you know feeding that garden yeah and drinking that water as you can hear Slayer drinking his water, <laughs> whatever, whatever is, is making you feel good as long as it's, you know, positively not hurting anyone else. And, and, uh, you've got your own team, if it's comedy, art, photography, music, maybe, maybe I mean, your pets, I don't know. Your pets, animals. I'm, they're on the team. All the man. things I'm not mentioning. I think, <laughs> I think that's what makes uh, humanity you know, awesome. So let, let's keep doing it. And I appreciate you having me on a, on a podcast. Uh, this is cool too. You know, you're doing your thing. Hell Thanks, yeah, man. Thanks, man. Well, uh, well dude, have a good night, man. Thank you for joining me again. All right. Oh, later, yeah. man. Cheers to you, Brian. Peace. See ya. Thank you for listening to the greetings from wherever podcast to support the show. Please visit patreon.com slash Brian Wolf music. Or just like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.